Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal, season five, and we are all still alive. Thank goodness. My pronouns are she, her, hers, moving into they. We'll talk about that at a later date, but just some food for thought or not thought. If you hear hot breath, it's my dogs, because today I am going to take everyone into the woods. I know that I've done this before, but I want to talk more about listening to inner wisdom and what feels good. And so when I was thinking about you, me, my, (laughs) the desperation of my dogs, and I really thought about it for a minute. What do I want to do? I want to take you to the woods. I know we're not all together in the woods. I know that not everybody has access to woods or even hiking or being outside of a city. But I'm going to try to, through the podcast today, take you there and through some videos, bring you to a space that is very sacred and special to me. I also want to do a land acknowledgement. Um, I am on the unceded land of the Malala, Kalapuya, Tualatin, the bands of Chinook, Clackamas, Kathlamet, Cowlitz, Wasco, Multnomah. This is land that was not given. This was land that was taken. And I want to remind everybody that land acknowledgements are great, It's important to start to put into not only our vocabulary, but the way we think about land, the way we think about care of our planet and where we live and switch that from just thinking about it in our brains and saying it out loud to actually looking for ways to support indigenous action and land give back and all the ways that that can happen and look for ways to participate in that. So it's not just saying whose land I'm on and valuing that. It's finding ways in my everyday life to let that acknowledgement be something that is not just in my brain and in my heart, but in my actions. And that might look different for everybody that's listening. Um, I know there are people that are listening in the UK, in Spain, in Italy, in the Netherlands. That looks different for you for where you're at. But whatever it takes to move our language and our ideas from just in our head to in the actions that we do that take care of everybody around us and our planet to the best of our ability, That's what I want us to move towards. So think about ways that you can add that into your everyday practice, whether that's just going, I know that this land isn't mine. I'm a steward of the land that I'm on. And how can I be a better steward to toppling powers that stand in the way of good stewardship? So I'm going to drive us to the woods and I'll be back right after this.
just pulled up to the forest. It is beautiful and a little bit blustery and my dogs are starting to go a little bit bananas. We've had a lot of storms recently and there are down trees everywhere. And it is still beautiful and still inviting. My hope for us today is that we can, me here, you wherever you are, can experience a little bit of the peace that comes with being in the woods or just taking time for ourselves. And that somehow we can do that together. And that there will not be very many people so that I can talk to you throughout the walk. Remember that there are videos that I'm going to post with this to kind of give you an idea of where I'm at. And hopefully, ooh, there's the breeze. Hopefully that will allow you to step into it with me, if that makes sense. Before I really get into the nuts and bolts of what I want to talk about today, I want to remind everybody what we talked about last week, and that was listening to our inner voice, listening to that deep part of ourselves and what it wants us to notice and understand. Um, How do we do that? (laughs) Especially with the pressures of life that are smushing into us all the time and the things that are vying for our attention and the things that we bring with us. The trauma, the shadow, the ego, all of the things that are vying for our attention. I don't think always our inner voice is going to be the loudest. I think that's why we have to cultivate a way of being with ourselves that can hear it. And not just when all of the things are right, where there's quiet, where there's peace, you know, where other things aren't pressuring us and vying for our attention. So to illustrate that point, I was so peaceful when I drove up here, you know, I mean, my dog Pepper is always like whiny and crazy in the car, but for the most part, I stayed pretty peaceful. And then I pulled into the parking lot and used the porta potty. So I was like, "Mm, I'm ahead of the game. (laughs) And then as soon as we get out of the car, their leashes get tangled. They're pulling at the leash that I wear around my waist. Artie has to pee, that's my other dog, on every bush. And then right when I start recording again, Artie takes a crap. And so now I have to bend down and pick it up. And then their leashes get tangled again and Pepper is pulling. So that's what I'm illustrating (laughs) using my dogs is, yes, I would love every time I go to meditate or, you know, listen to myself that the atmosphere is ideal. But 99.9% of the time, The environment, the atmosphere, everything around me is not ideal. I'll be in a beautiful moment with myself and my kid will call with a crisis or 
the dryer will break down and then we won't have a dryer for three weeks and I'll have to figure out how to get my clothes dry and all the stuff that happens in life when we are a human, not to mention if you're bringing into it a multitude of other painful variables. So listening to our voice, our inner voice and trusting it is something that we have to cultivate. And along with bringing crazy things to the table, I've been very honest on here about my traumatic upbringing and how regardless of what I want, I'm bringing that to the table with me to some degree all the time. And so sometimes that is influencing how I hear an email or how I hear something that somebody is telling me. And luckily, because I have been building my capacity to hear and I've been building my container, I can usually notice when there is a shadow that's reacting or a, or a trauma response or a trigger or whatever, and I can pull back from it and give myself space. But I want to be fully, as honest as I can be to just say, that stuff is in there. And so that stuff influences how I hear my inner wisdom. And if I can give that inner wisdom space to do what it needs to do, and give it what it needs to be given. And that brings me to the woods. So it is muddy and beautiful in here. We've had a bunch of storms, so that kind of is adding to the beauty and the potential slipping that could happen. And along with last week about listening to our inner voice, I sang you that song. If you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to it. But it's, I listen to, I listen to my voice. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I want to hear what I say. So that's first. That's my agreement, if you will, with myself. That's what I want. I want to listen to the deepest parts of myself and give that light, give that air, give that noticing, give that paying attention. And then the second thing, which I haven't figured out if it's equal or secondary, is something that my therapist said to me a couple weeks ago when I was talking about the complexity of dealing with my family while also trying to listen to my own boundaries, keep myself, and by self I mean my child self, safe, honor what I need and my own boundaries um, while I deal with family and some things that are coming up. And she asked me a question. She said, can you in the next few weeks be paying attention to what feels good to you, what feels soft, what feels gentle, what you want. And that brings me back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast. I thought about talking to you today and I thought about going to the woods and then I was like, no, 
I mean, it's like 20 minutes away and then I have to bring the dogs and it's complicated. And then something like an hour later just caught in my chest and I went, I need to go to the woods. I need that for myself. Even if my dogs are being jerks, even if I slip and fall, even if I don't have the time, if I can make and squeeze out a little bit of time, that's what I need. And that is a piece of listening to that inner wisdom. What is it I need? What feels good? Because if you grew up in an environment like mine, or it doesn't even have to be like abuse ridden, um, but if you grew up in an environment, a lot of times religious environments can be this way where you are constantly doubting yourself constantly doing a double take on whether you should listen to something inside yourself or trust your instincts or that you have value as a woman X. Um, Whatever that is, it can make it extra complicated to know what feels good and to trust it. The other piece to that is what actually feels good to you and then What have you been told should feel good to you? So maybe you've been told the woods aren't for you and that's been illustrated in a thousand different ways or it's not safe. I can't really speak to safety because there's so many variables within the woods. Maybe it's not safe for you. Um, But maybe as a woman you've been told, you know getting your makeup done or your hair done or getting your nails done is what should feel good to you. And maybe it does. I'm not really judging that. I'm just the typical things that we're told should feel good to us. Maybe those aren't really what feel good to you. And you've never really taken the time to go, does this feel good? And how do I know if it feels good? This is what should feel good. Maybe what really feels good to you is getting your hands in the dirt. You know, wearing your body out on a hike, looking for plant medicine. Like last night, I made my juniper salve, which most people that know me know about my juniper salve. It's amazing. It is healing. Juniper has this anti-bruising property an anti like small break property that if you rub the salve on I I fell the other day like really bad and should have not been able to walk on the on my foot and I immediately put some of this juniper salve on it and I had a bruise but I could still walk and I could still put shoes on and I should not have been able to and I have a giant cut on the top of my foot anyway I love this juniper salve. I love looking for medicine. I know that feels good to me. And all the pressures that have been happening in my life have made it hard for me to do the thing that feels good. And last night, I finally was just like, screw it. I know this feels good to me. And I spent two hours making my juniper salve, putting it in containers, and just being with myself. And it felt so good. It's only for me. It's only for me, and that's all that matters. I know it feels good. Maybe to somebody else, that wouldn't feel good. A couple things to consider when 
something doesn't feel good or you're not sure if it feels good or not is to not do it. So practice not doing something that you're unsure of or practice doing it with a different mindset and practice noticing in your body. We are so disconnected, me included, to our bodies that that can take a lot of work. Just sitting with something and going, okay, I noticed that my chest is tight. Or I noticed that, like this morning, I was doing some work around something and I was eating my breakfast and I was tapping my foot like that kind of nervous energy in my leg. And I went, oh, something's going on in my body. Now, I've done that all through my life. Done that nervous leg movement without noticing. For me, I know that's a sign that something's going on. So I just paid attention to it. I didn't try to not do it. I didn't make a judgment about it. I just noticed it. And then also noticed that I stopped doing it. So just practicing ways of showing up in our own bodies to notice what feels good. Like right now, there are elements of this walk that feel amazing. The trees, the oxygen, and then there are ways that it doesn't feel quite so amazing. My dog's pulling on me, uh, going after squirrels, being all hyper and not really contributing to my relaxation. So does that part mean that I don't hike anymore or I reevaluate re my relationship with hiking? Maybe. Or I just go, okay, 10 to 20% of the hike you're on is going to be frustrating. And is that 10 to 20% okay with you? If not, that's okay. If it's too much, you know, the dogs are just too out there, pulling, crazy, like right at the second, that it's not worth it to me. Or can I sit in the tension and go, well, I think there's still something for me in it. And the 70 to 80% that is life-giving and relaxing and expending my body in a way that feels good to me is worth it, even if 10, 20, 30% of the time, my dogs are being slightly on the obnoxious side. <laughs> and for me, I would say it's still worth it, but not every day, just like the medicine making. You know, sometimes the reason I postpone that is because I've been in this change right now and it hasn't seemed like it would feel good. I had all the supplies, had, there's a woodpecker. You probably can't hear it. Let's see. Nope, the plane's too loud. You know, I had all the supplies pretty much. I just had to put it together, be in my kitchen, and I just, you know, wasn't feeling it. So I didn't. And now I have, and it felt really good. And I also tried to do something that 
try to not do something that I usually do when I'm making something is let's make so much that then I'm spending hours and hours making something that I love and by the end I'm furious because you know it took three hours there were complications I didn't have supplies that I thought I had whatever so keep it small keep it manageable just like when you're thinking about what feels good keep it small keep it manageable Make a list of what you think might feel good or what you've been told should feel good and reevaluate the list and experiment. But practice listening. You may be thinking at this point, what is your actual point, Angie? My actual point is developing an awareness with ourselves, a loving awareness that notices whether we change it or not, the moments where we're out of our bodies or the moments that we don't really know what we want, that we're not really sure what feels good. I noticed that because my therapist gave me what to some might be a really easy (laughs) practice or really easy, really easy homework. And that's, Angie, what feels good? And sometimes I really cannot tell you because I really don't know because I've cared for people my whole life. And in that caring, even though I love that and that is distinctly a part of who I am, I was also taught to care at the expense of my own needs, at the expense of my inner wisdom, at the expense of myself. So in that, by the church, through my family, through patriarchy, through all of the ways that we're taught to shut ourselves down, I want to know in the core of myself, what does feel good? What is soft? What is relaxing? What is life-giving? And if I don't start to build those ways of knowing, then it gets harder and harder for me to notice. It gets harder and harder for you to notice what feels good. What is worth it at the, you know, 10 to 20% that doesn't feel good is the 80 to 90% enough or yes this thing is always 100% feels good or right now getting into my jammies after a hot bath and going straight to bed 100% of the time feels good and then when it doesn't anymore notice it without any judgment and go actually that doesn't feel good to me anymore and have a few things on that list that you've made that you were practicing that you were cultivating, that you're like, okay, I'm going to try that thing. Like last year, sitting in my backyard, sometimes with a fire pit, sometimes not, just looking at my neighbor's dug fir tree and sitting under it and letting it take all my grief and pain and embrace me was so life-giving, felt so good. And now it doesn't. It doesn't mean that it doesn't feel good. It just means it's not what I need right now. So I'm also cultivating this understanding that things change. What feels good today, what feels good this week, this month, maybe this year, may not feel good in the same way it does next month, next week, next year, five years from now. And finding things that are free, that take nothing, no extra, 
as far as financial or getting somewhere that I also have in my back pocket that I can use at any time when I don't have money or I don't have a car or access that I still can do what I need to do for myself and for cultivating another form of inner wisdom. We've been talking about cultivating inner wisdom, knowing what feels good and what doesn't, and building an awareness around that. It started to rain. There has been every kind of weather today. (laughs) Started out windy. Then I got a little bit of sunshine and some calm, and now it is raining, and of course, it's raining once I took off my rain jacket. But oh well, I'm used to the rain, especially being up at the archery range this week every day in a downpour of rain and cold. But I digress. What I want you to do is stop the podcast at this point, and whether you take a few minutes, whether you take an hour, whether you take a week, I want you to sort of, like my therapist suggested to me, sit with this idea of what feels good. Maybe you're really aware of it already. Then go a little bit deeper. What really feels good that maybe you don't give yourself permission to do very often? Maybe you're somebody that has a list of a hundred things that feel good. And so you might need to go a little bit deeper and a little bit more permission giving and allow yourself to take it to the next level and ask yourself, what am I not giving myself permission to cultivate? What am I not giving myself permission to cultivate? And then thinking about that and then coming back to the podcast and listening to the rest of this. It's going to be short. For the rest of us, maybe it'll take you a little bit of time like me. I have been thinking every day what feels good. I'm, <laughs> I'd like to say I'm very aware for the most part of what doesn't feel good. You know, doing the dishes, grocery shopping, putting away the groceries, cooking dinner sometimes, a lot of task-oriented things that I feel that I don't have much of a choice in the matter about, which is just me learning to say what I need. But I don't often know a lot of different things that feel good. I do know I like a bath, a bubble bath, listening to classical music sometimes, listening to a book. I do know that I love to be in the woods, make medicine. Is there something else that's a quick go-to? Like all of those things require at least like an hour of my time. So my challenge to myself or my, maybe challenge isn't the right word, my noticing or paying attention for myself will be what are some little things that feel good? Like a glass of tea in the afternoon. A mug of tea. Who has a glass of tea? Maybe some people do. Um, You know, taking three deep breaths. I know that feels good. I've noticed that in the last couple of weeks to just wherever I am, whether I'm feeling tense or not, just to take a deep breath and let my shoulders fall. That feels great. And I immediately notice 
a release in stress. Um, so be thinking about that. Be thinking about... I'm slipping in the mud. Be thinking about making a list, checking it twice. <laughs> There's no naughty and nice, but um, just what feels good. Asking yourself, sitting with that, sitting with your child, and maybe your child saying, you don't play anymore. What does that mean to play? What does that mean to stay in curiosity and wonder? What does that mean for you to cultivate wonder? What does that mean for you to stay curious in yourself or play? I mean, those are all words that adults typically don't use, especially play and wonder. And what would that look like for you? Because what it will look like for you will be probably very different from what it looks like for me or another person listening. So take that time and think about it for a couple minutes and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. I don't know if you took a minute, a week, or listened straight through. You're an adult. You can do what you want and what feels good. But whatever you came up with, I'd love to know about it. I'd love to know what your takeaway was from this. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about with inner wisdom? You can hear now that the wind has picked up, it's raining, and I'm headed to my car, and it still feels good to me. I'm muddy, the dogs are muddy, and that still feels good to me. Because what the best feeling for me is, is that I listen to myself. I listened to myself and what I needed and I came to the woods to give myself what I needed and I had the room to do it today. I won't have the room to do it every day. And sometimes I'll get to the woods and go, that is not what I needed and I missed it. And that's okay because I'm practicing listening to myself. I'm practicing noticing what I need and what I want, what feels good. So be thinking about your list of goods And then, what's your takeaway from this? What are you thinking about? What do you want to cultivate? And talk about it with your safe people. Or journal with yourself. Whatever it takes to get it into your bloodstream and into your body so you can embody it in your everyday life. That's important. You are important. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. I can't wait to talk to you again next week.